Hi, and welcome to The Commons at HBC, a podcast and virtual space for community, conversation, and connection brought to you by the Young Adult Ministry of Highland Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I am your host, David Bannister, longtime member who's volunteered all over the church. If this is your first time listening, welcome. The concept is simple. We will meet with our guest, hear what's going on at the church, and discuss this past week's sermon. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Commons at HBC. I'm your host, David Bannister. Today is a great episode we're going to have for you. I'm recording today with Erin Phelps, who does our news and announcements every week. And I'm so thankful she's here. Uh, well, here virtually. Um, this is episode five. Uh, and yeah, so hey, Aaron, how's it going? Hello, it's going pretty well. Uh, you know, excited to be here virtually with you. So that is uh, a highlight of my day. Yeah, who knew when we were deciding to start this podcast that it would become an important way to connect through a pandemic. Yes, it's nice to speak to you in person. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So um, how are you? How how are things going in your life right now? Pretty good. Um, I am. Uh, my job is one where I work at a salon as like a support staff. So um, right now I'm not working for very good reason. And so I'm filling my days with um, spring cleaning and uh, lots of mm-hmm. Netflix and things like that but all things considered um you know life is going all right I'm appreciating a little uh, everyone's encouraging like use it as a sabbath time and so that's kind of how I'm viewing everything right now yeah yeah I found myself um you know the last it feels like it's been two years in the last three weeks but uh the last two weeks I think I still was kind of figuring out what life looks like and uh, this week, or you know, this week, I feel like I'm really getting into the groove to per se. And for example, I woke up and I wrote a a COVID to do list. That's actually the name of it. In my <laughs> phone. And I wrote out all these different tasks that we need to do. Cleaning included, you know, cleaning several of those tasks. I was telling Stephen, I was like we have to do several of these probably several times by the end of this. <laughs> and, and I'm trying to outside of my full-time job also make progress or complete something on that list every day. So that's uh, yeah, it's, it's a challenge, but I'm trying to be more mindful in this time that that I'm trying to put some kind of positive spin on. So I hear you. That's uh, yeah. You were talking about things to do and things that have to happen a lot. Um, I feel like we joked about this over text at one point, but I feel like my life is doing dishes right now. Um, and so, and I hate <laughs> unloading the dishwasher. And so I'll just tell my husband, like, it's full, it's done. If you can turn it over, I will fill it again. <laughs> so, yes, I feel like that's what all observational comedians <sighs> are going to be doing those sets on when we all get back from this. You know, it is, it is. And yeah, like, I love to fill the dishwasher, but I feel like, you know, I'm, I don't, I think I've underestimated the amount of time I've, uh, that I've 
spent at home because of how many dirty dishes we have or how many, how much I, I, how much I'm, I guess I might be used to eating out on a regular yes. basis that I don't have so many dirty dishes. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, all right, y'all, we're going to get this. This might be a long one because Aaron and I could We like hours, each other. So. <laughs> so buckle down. We'll get to the meat of it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are just in it. Um, so um, let's jump into the interview. So Aaron, um, how long, well, what brought you to Highland and how long have you been with us? Great question. Great question. So I, um, have been at Highland officially a member for about a year on Palm Sunday. That'll be kind of my one year official mark, but we've really been coming for about two years. It's weird because I'm very into church now. And so it feels longer. It feels like I have a five-year history, but it's about two years. And um, the things that attracted us to Highland are actually that um, I, we, my husband and I were raised Catholic and then just kind of hit a wall theologically with that. Um, that's kind of the, the gentlest, simplest way I'll put that. And so for several years, we were kind of um, without structure, but had I really missed, as someone who grew up in church environments, having um, structure and spiritual nourishment outside of just a personal relationship. And so um, we were really drawn to Highland, partly because of its progressive theologies um, that definitely made a difference. And also because we... um, I love so much that we follow a liturgical calendar. Um, at first, I was just mm-hmm. like, LOL, I'm hanging with Baptists. But really, the, rhythm, <laughs> the rhythms of our church and how we go about things really um, fit a little niche in my soul um, that even other liturgical churches hadn't, you know, like Episcopals and Lutherans hadn't quite um, fit with yet. And so mm-hmm. um, those are some of the things. And uh, again, to make a long story short, uh, David, we were first introduced at a party forever ago, like years ago, and uh, yep. Facebook friended you and Steven thinking, surely we'll hang out with these guys more, and we didn't. But <laughs> it's really <laughs> awkward. As, uh, as, as, you know, as you know now, like, Steven and I are everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you are the most collected people I think I've ever met in my life, um, and so, uh, but I did know when we were church shopping, um, Highland was the first and last Baptist church we checked out because I knew a bit about your story awkwardly from afar on Facebook before I got to know you for real as people. Um, And so that Mm -hmm. also really um, made me interested in checking us out back in the day. Yeah, we we met you before we got married, right? Years. You years. Yeah. I think we met yes, like, like eight years ago, <laughs> which is so okay. weird. I and I think and I think I've apologized to you about this because I don't really remember how we. Yes, met, so we that's... we met at a friend's <laughs> birthday party and then we did some karaoke. But I, I, you, you are much more memorable and interesting people than I, so it's fair to not remember me. Oh, oh stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we love we love you and Charlie very much. Aww. So we're I'm 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 glad I'm glad you made it. You know, everyone takes their uh, time. Yes. You know, eventually eventually they make it make it there. Yep. So we we invite a lot of people, and sometimes people show up, and sometimes they show up and come for a while. And thankfully, you've kind of stuck we out. Stuck and around. so I, 
Yep. And so I guess I'll plug next year. You have a couple of positions at the church besides young adult ministry group. Yes. It's mainly, I have two. Um, I have young adult ministry group, which is part of what brought me to the podcast today. And then um, this is also a role of mine that I'm very excited about, but is also sort of in a weird state of flux um, because there aren't as many active meetings going on. But I um, probably about six months ago became the chair of our mission and justice ministry group which long story short means that I really try to help facilitate all of the goings on with Highlands missions teams. So anti-racism and global partnerships and um, all those cool things. There are seven of them. I won't name them all for you, but they um, it's really about trying to facilitate that. And I'm really excited about some of the awesome things in 2020 that those groups are working to do together too. Um, So yeah. Mm -hmm. And then my husband, got involved with finance and he's going to be doing that good good um hvac conversation financially too so mm-hmm. we are involved yep yep and steven's on that with yes. him so <laughs> well um we have uh and then you forgot your most important job is uh doing the the, the announcements. announcements oh i'm so uh, sorry podcast, so, so sorry yeah, to forget the yeah. most important you forgot them. it <laughs> no we're uh I'm glad I'm glad you are are there and helping out. Um, so the next question I have for you is, how do you spend your time? So I have a few, I, and I guess this would be pre pre COVID. Yes, I guess COVID in some normal, ways. <laughs> normal, Aaron. A lot of my pre and post COVID activities um, overlap well. So. Um, so I mentioned my job that my day job is that I work, um, on what we call the guest happiness team at a salon called meat beat. Um, and that's really fun. I love people and customer service kinds of stuff like that and forming relationships. And then hobby wise, um, I watch a lot of TV. I have my master's degree in gender studies and wrote about mad men for that. So I'm a little, nerd who uses pop culture a lot of the time as lenses with academic stuff um I read a lot of romance novels which is a fun thing I used them at first to sort of chill out my anxiety and now I just um inhale them I love a romance novel and um then related to all of those things I do writing for a website called frolic frolic frolic.media and its whole thing is about the intersection of romance and popular culture and so I write freelance articles for them pretty regularly that has stepped up a lot post-covid I've just been staying home and writing like a little monster (laughs) just like turning them out (laughs) I think I've seen um, you push like three out this week yeah yeah um, and so for those of you that may not have picked up on it and you might have alluded to it for a moment, but you read a lot of romance I do. novels. I do. How many would you say you've read in your Oh, life? in my life, it's pretty tricky. I got into it a lot later. Most people get into romance novels when they're younger. I only discovered them a couple of years ago, but I would say I have read, a, I will give a ballpark of about 150 in the last oh my gosh so yeah (laughs) it's like when you read a couple grade levels below normal when you're a kid like it's just they're so easy okay so um all right but yeah I especially love um like historical romance especially that's kind of um also like feministy and fun there's an author called Tessa Dare and Courtney Milan who do some really cool work 
Um, and then there are some really cute contemporary ones that I sometimes read too, but they're fun. It's a fun way to all spend right, time. All right. Well, uh, all right. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I, I'm just not a, I'm just not a romance novel person. I love a good sci-fi novel though. Um, so, um, like I said, y'all, this is just going to go on. So I'm, we're just here for yeah. it. Uh, so I hear, I hear um, that you are going back to school. Soon. I am. The big news there is that um, I told, I mentioned getting really churchy and I am going to, um, I applied and got into Louisville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. So I'm going to go back to school and get my master's in divinity and I'm still figuring out exactly what shape that calling is going to be in. But I realized that I think I would really enjoy facets of um, an actual calling in ministry. So that is in my future. That's amazing. And so proud of you for, for making oh, that happen thanks. for yourself. So great Good job. Friend. And lastly, you know, uh, Peter, Peter brought it up because I'd, I'd asked the week before, um, to that guest and and I'm, I'm going to bring that question back is do you have any Lenten commitments that you picked up or that you've had to let go yes. in the current world I mostly have um, I'm the rare person where I think um, the pandemic has mostly made my Lenten commitment easier because I wanted to strengthen my financial habits and basically not purchase any extra like clothing or uh, like random odds and ends I just found myself picking Mm. up a lot of stuff on like target runs and things so really making it like oh yeah all meals except for maybe a couple a week are consumed from things I've made at my home um and you know things like that and it's just like oh that's my life now (laughs) Um, and so Mm -hmm. the one thing is I did cave um and I did order a pair of comfy lounge pants because uh, you know what you need yeah, those right now though you God need understands them. I hope um, so yes. yes you know yeah I had to stop you know I was I I'd said several episodes ago if, if you're paying att- if people are paying attention that I had uh, started to volunteer and at this place that's literally like a block away from my house and then they shut down so I'm not volunteering oh. again. I had to let that go. But, you know, here's the good thing is I, I feel like COVID is also causing us to uh, pick up healthier new yes. habits, hopefully, yes. hopefully pick up healthier new habits. And that's what I'm trying to focus on myself. Yes. Hashtag so. healthy at home. Healthy at home, right? Together, KY. We'll, we're going to make it, guys. Um, so, all right. I guess that is plenty of time for the interview. Yeah, you know me now. And. Yeah, yeah. You you know, once you meet Aaron, you're you're Aww. a friend. So it's you know, you're just so welcoming and warm and welcoming. And I'm sad that we can't do this in person. <laughs> uh, one of the things Aaron and I have been spending time together doing a lot in the last few weeks is um, this thing called Netflix parties. And you might have uh, the young adults in the group might have heard about this on any of the the stuff we've talked about. But essentially, we get to watch a movie together on netflix and it's in a chat base uh system yeah it's weird that i've actually somehow spent more hours with you in the last couple weeks than in whole months you know so, mm-hmm. because of lots of netflix party oh yeah absolutely and i was just um i don't know if you could hear steven there he, he popped in to say 
hey, make sure you let people know we are going to watch uh, a, crip, a, movie, a documentary called Crip Camp on Friday, yes. if you all are interested. Um, it, it is uh, definitely something to tune into. Um, and yeah, so we're going to do that. Check out the Facebook Young Adult Group for more details on that. Um, but for now, let's switch over and do announcements. And I'm going to turn it over live to you with the announcements today. Aaron oh, Phelps. so exciting to have this happening live. Normally, I record on the little voice memo on my phone. But I have just a couple things. Um, so uh, one noted aspect in the newsletter is that Bible study and children's gatherings are happening different ways via Zoom. So long story short is if you or your family are maybe needing some things um for your kids, especially to connect. Renee is doing some awesome stuff there and you can get in touch with her and, um, you know, take care in that way. And also if you're part of a Bible study class and, or a leader of a class and you want to meet via zoom, you can reach out to Carol or Walter to learn how to make that happen. Lots of us are doing that. I know my Bible study is meeting via Google Hangouts, same kind of thing. So um, there are ways to stay connected as usual a little reminder that our worship times are 7 o'clock Friday church um, and uh, 10 o'clock Sunday morning church. And those are live streamed via Facebook, uh, but you can always go back to the videos if you want to. And then also there are little pastoral supplements happening at 10 o'clock every day via Facebook on their uh, page. And then a couple things that are specific to young adults. Uh, Theology on Tap, which I lead, that's one of my responsibilities, um, is going to meet via Zoom. And so it's kind of a BYOB Theology on Tap. Um, We're going to be talking (laughs) about mindfulness during this time. And so the goal is to meet and start hanging out like we usually do around six um, and then formal discussion of what we're going to do to stay mindful is starting around 630. I would love to see your face and that will be shared via a link on the Young Adult uh, Facebook page. And then also a reminder that young adults are meeting on Sundays also at 1.30 via Zoom. That link also gets posted right before the meeting starts on the Young Adult Facebook page. And it has been really fun and fulfilling to check in with each other. We usually kind of talk about a good thing, a scary thing. And then I'm trying to mix it up with fun questions like, what's your favorite thing you ate this week? Um, So it's just a way to see people during this time of isolation. So those are the four main announcements I have. All right. Well, thank you for that, Erin. And uh, I just want to say I'm I I, the mindfulness thing. uh, I was just, you know, I, I woke up and I was doing that. I was being trying to be more mindful and I. I doubt we'll talk about it at Theology on Tap, y'all. Yes. You'll just have to come hear it from me then. It's a little teaser. So, yeah, yeah. I have I have things to say about mindfulness right now, especially right now. So, all right. Well, we're going to take a – I'm going to take a quick break with Aaron, and we'll be right back to talk about the sermon. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back from that non-existent two-second break. That was two seconds for you, but several minutes for us. Um, uh, wanted to now move into discussing this week's sermon. And this week's proclaimer was Perry Dixon. Um, and his sermon was called Lazarus and You and Me. And the gospel lesson this week was John 11, 1 through 45. It was a long one. And it's the story of Lazarus. Um, this kind of 
pivotal story of one of, I think, Jesus's, I hate rating miracles, but one of the most important ones. And uh, Perry gave a um, wonderful live streamed, Facebook live sermon this week about that. So go check it out if you haven't. It's on the Highland Baptist Church of Louisville Facebook page. And make sure you listen to the full thing. Um, but yeah, we're going to discuss it a little bit right now. So, all right, Aaron, what's yes, going on? Um, it was funny because we were talking about how this was not the longest sermon, but it is, um, there's a lot to unpack and a lot that different people could take away from it. So there are a couple things on my mind. Um, after Perry discussed the story in California of the teen who died um, because he did not have health insurance um, and sort of how awful that was. Um, He talks about, Perry said that in the gospel, Lazarus has a story and all people have a story worth being heard. And also then asks the intense question of Lord, where were you? And even more presently, Lord, where are you now? And so um, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think for most of us, that one's going to really hit home (laughs) Um, because we are living in really confusing times. And um, there are some things where, of course, in this whole story, Lazarus is um, is dead and people are saying to God that he or, you know, saying to Jesus, well, couldn't you have done something? Why didn't you go right away? And asking him all of these questions. And um, it's easy for us to do that, too. I think a lot of the time when things get tough. But um, one of the ways, the, the Lord, where are you now? Um, sounds very despairing. But I also, after re-listening, mm-hmm. am choosing to also see it in a good way. Like, where our lives are very different, right? We're literally physically inhabiting different places and um, routines Mm -hmm. as we've talked about a lot. And so um, asking those questions about where were you and where are you now is also sort of at this time I'm dealing with it by inspiring me to see, well, where, where am I seeing the good? Where am I seeing God working and, um, and what difference is that making and how can we make a difference too? So um, I hope that tracks and makes sense, but I, it's really just been on my heart a lot as the big question. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you say, you know, there's, there's the start of the sermon or at least, sorry, the, I guess the passage of, uh, of this, that the sermon's covering Lazarus it's just it kind of it's weird sometimes how the liturgical calendar is able to somehow manifest in our world and you know it starts off and it's like hey we're going to talk about a disease going on Mm -hmm. and and that's you know taking people in the old world and it it just kind of blows my mind to get to this point and it's just so natural for us to want to know in these hard times like god you know we always want god when it's hard right it's and it's it's sometimes even harder to be thankful for god and when it's hard um and times are hard Mm -hmm. right now 
Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where I mean, and then it sounds really funny because then in my heart, a lot of my answer to where are you now is not just oh, where are you in this terribleness, but looking at the good thing, right? That um, this is going to sound mm-hmm. really sappy, but where where do I see God when I can't be in person with my friends or my community or my Bible study besides Zoom? Um, heartily encourage Zoom. And um, the great thing is that there have been ways where, and this kind of gets into a later point that Perry talks about, about being resurrection people and all that, but instead where we see each other. So it can sound really sappy to be like, Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I have seen God working a lot in just the friends who have reached out or in the people who are there for mm-hmm. me to Netflix party very regularly <laughs> um, and things like that, too, mm-hmm. and sort of trying to recontextualize. And so it doesn't feel so big and so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and and I will say, you know, not being not to not to not to be a little mm-hmm. bit of a downer and it, it it's those we're seeing terrible things in the news terrible things on facebook but really good mm-hmm. things too and and it's it's really hard i'm finding the very the very good things are making me cry just as much as the really yes. hard things um so if you were for example um the Lord, where you are, are you now, where are you now, you know, was basically where my thoughts were in that Andy Bashir conference, uh, the mm-hmm. call today, today is Tuesday night, right? We had six deaths and one extra added on in the oh. middle of it. And it just like broke my heart. Right. And so, you know, this is when I'm lamenting that. And, and that's just where, yeah, that's, that's just fair. where it goes. And it's, but Sorry to, no, to hijack your... that's, I think, an excellent point to have. Um, and it's in those communal moments, for sure. Um, and I think that actually gets to another piece, too, that I went right into the question. But the thing that comes right before that is also talking about, um, I got really attached to Perry basically saying um, in, in that clip of um, that chunk of the sermon at the beginning that basically Jesus is mourning Lazarus because Lazarus was his friend and Lazarus has a story. And that, like you were saying too, is the piece that, um, boy, a liturgical calendar could not make it any plainer in terms of the words we need to hear. And um, I, this is um, the sort of thing where I think a lot of the time when we haven't been directly impacted other than minor inconveniences with the pandemic, it can be really easy to read what's going on in states that are harder hit than our own, or even in our own state where Mm -hmm. we're kind of patting ourselves on the back for how hard we've worked to flatten the curve um, to say, well, it's only this many, right? It's only this many confirmed cases or, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. And, um, some synergy that I'm really taking into things between what we're living in and what the point Perry made that Lazarus had a story and every person has a story is um, I'm really thankful for what we're doing in Kentucky with the green lights of compassion. Um, I do not have a green light bulb, but I understand you do. And um, Mm, it's, yep. I put them up last night. it's, um, It's a really important way I think to, pause and reflect on the truth of um 
statistics having stories right that it's it's all lived people and they're all loved and um yeah so moving on um I don't know if you want to say anything about that too since you're talking about um since you're someone who actually has been um doing the sort of green light ritual but um I have good things I hope to talk about too (laughs) yeah no um you know I I wasn't sure that I was going to do the, the green light for a while when it was happening, but then it, you know, as we have gotten what they're, you know, what they're calling the surge, I just feel like the every, every week now, the, and I'll just couple them all together saying the week of Andy's press conferences, they just seem to be feeling more and more serious like his tone, his, like when, you know, we we were falling in love with him the first little while and now it's like, it, I don't know. And, and so it, it made me want to be a part of Kentucky mm-hmm. in this way. Um, well, that gets to the other, I think, really big takeaways um, that I had. Um, this wasn't in uh, Perry's um, sermon as much. I mean, like it was, discussed in different ways but um in the text we get jesus weeping and specifically the context is when he Mm -hmm. gets there and sees mary and mary's breaking down about the loss of lazarus and um jesus weeps when people are um kind of confronting him and then also people say simultaneously well he's so moved but couldn't he have done something And so um, this is one of everyone's favorite passages now and forever to talk about, you know, well, why is Jesus weeping and what do we see in that? And so um, some options are that um, people talk a lot about frustration at accusations that he's not doing enough. um, And that I think makes a lot of sense with that. Where is God question? Um, There's, the possibility of leaping out of compassion for Mary, who is his friend, um, who is mourning mm-hmm. and doesn't understand what's next. Um, and then also, um, there's also the idea that if Jesus is thinking about what's coming next, that um, there's so much focus on Lazarus's resurrection as something that's amazing and miraculous, but it's also really visceral. Um, like they make a point of how long he's been dead and like the state his body must be in and things like that. And that it's something really intense. And so um, I don't have a lot else to add other than there, you know, no, no one can say, Oh, I have the answer. This is why Jesus was weeping. But I think that all of those things from the passage are, and all of those possibilities are also really speaking to me right now. And I think depending on where anyone is, who's listening at this given time that any one of those explanations might provide some insight or comfort. Yeah. Yeah. The Jesus, Jesus weeping is like, it's one of these, one of these uh, arguments that I'm always like, why does Mm -hmm. it matter? And I don't mean that in like a, I don't mean that in like an insensitive way to someone who like, but it's like I, that, that moment of humanity Mm -hmm. from Jesus just, I mean, if anyone has experienced death of a dear loved one, like you Mm -hmm. understand. And 
it does it, it, or the death of a loved one of one of our loved ones right like the pain mm-hmm. is real and and it just always kind of I don't I don't want to say crack me up but it just I, I want to say aggravates mm. me that's a better word it aggravates me when we we fight over I guess a reason like this because I don't know if it matters who he, he like why does why does him crying for one person over the other change doesn't change mm. the story to me that's really interesting um I think I became obsessed with that little passage too because um, the the folks in my Bible study know that I become very preoccupied with moments of Jesus's humanity, um, but most of the time it manifests mm-hmm. in me uh, really loving what I call jerk Jesus, which is when he's when he kind of <laughs> loses it and he's like, "Don't you get it?" Like <laughs> you know, or like table flipping. Yeah, Jesus. when he's right, like a yeah. queen in the temple and he's like, "Mom, didn't you know I'd be here?" And so I really love that this is like the flip side. Everyone, whatever it happens now, there are people in my Bible study who will be like, jerk Jesus. And um, and so I, I really like this for similar reasons, though, like you were saying, that even if the argument or trying to make a case doesn't matter, that I love so much in the passage that Perry read from, that there's so much humanity there on display, no matter which way mm-hmm. you see it. I don't think it's jerk Jesus. But I think it's a very uh, human reacting Jesus. Um, And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that also then brings us to the main thing, um, too, that is kind of my last hurrah on stuff Perry had to say that has a lot of depth, which is that Perry talks a lot about us being a resurrection people. Um, And in his sermon, Perry uh, asked if, we could we he basically said we cannot resurrect the dead but can god which is a huge question to really sit in and then when he talks about being a resurrection people um perry describes it as living in such a way that we can upend structures that confine us and um he talks about how god loves you and wants you to be whole and that um being lazarus people or resurrection people isn't just about health care it starts with ourselves And he said, we must extend to ourselves the tenderness and grace the system will not. Um, So that's a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. there's this idea of being a resurrection people, and it sounds kind of um, simple. But all of those are really big pieces of calling. And and so I was really dwelling in that, too. So what did you think, David, about being, like, resurrection people? And what did you take away from that? I always have a... (sighs) I always have a weird visceral reaction to even the term resurrection yep. people. <laughs> and I don't, and I love that we can still use these terms and I know where we're at, but like the, the people that I know that have used that language in my life would not, would not believe the same mm. things I do. And so and it also, one of the things that I, I struggle with is so many people boil Christianity down to just the resurrection yeah. that I, sometimes it just seems like an oversimplification of Christianity. And I just, and I, I struggle with the conciseness of that mm-hmm. statement and all of it, all of that things that it pulls into. Yeah. Yeah. Um... That makes a lot of sense. 
I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm being a real contrarian. No, tonight. it's good. It's this is a, this is hopefully good podcast material. Uh, so I think so. I've been thinking a lot about that too because um, I've listened to the sermon twice, and at first listen, I also was like, I don't know what to do with this, but I do really want to compliment Perry on um, the way he takes the idea of being. Um, Lazarus people or people who like hear this story and Mm -hmm. feel something Um, I think that sort of I guess you could say reappropriating the idea of being a Lazarus people or a resurrection people Mm -hmm. can also come down to like well what are we doing right and so he talks about upending systems and extending ourselves that tenderness and grace Um, and so a lot of his message also boiled down to me to be self-care also um which also Mm -hmm. is it can sound very trite right like i don't think perry's talking face masks i you know and like bubble bats if he is he's welcome to come on the pod and talk about it but he's not he's not not talking about my pandemic yeah jealous of that um but yeah like i again just knowing perry as a person and as a preacher as you know i i think that it really has to do with how we look at systems, like what failed the, mm-hmm. the person he started the sermon talking by and things like that. And then, um, you know, the, the extending grace to others and to ourselves that the system will not. I've been thinking a lot about how I think as a culture, we're realizing that things are not just different for a week we're talking really long term now and you know even on the podcast the two of us talked casually just now about adjustments in our lives and one thing that's come out of it Mm -hmm. is a lot of like memes or things like that that implore people you don't have to be as productive as you used to be um that you don't have to be the perfect homeschooler for your kid because that's not what you used to do Mm -hmm. or um and like right. neither of us have kids and honestly i we're we're grappling enough yeah I respect don't know. yeah respect uh, yeah. to you uh kid kid havers. I, I i can just say i was on i was on several calls conference calls today of parents trying to work whilst kids yeah. screaming in the background and i just yeah. feel for and them. i think that that's the very visceral thing too that it doesn't have to just be the life and death thing but it's also like okay, well, how do we extend tenderness to ourselves, like Perry was talking about? And I think that that makes it a lot easier to deal with. Um, and then mm-hmm. the the one last thing I think about the idea of resurrection people is um, actually on her Facebook Live she did in the last week or so, Carol asked people to share with her how their theologies are changing or where they're seeing God differently or not seeing God the way they used to. And the weird thing for me is that I've become, I think, a lot softer and gentler on um, theologies that I used to balk at, especially like more charismatic theologies that um, may be all the like streets of gold, mansions in heaven like, kind of stuff. And not that I, not that I believe oh, yeah. in it more, but it's also talk- like, who am I? to look at someone and be like resurrection's a metaphor like if that's what we all need to get through this i can sort of deal with um <laughs> like if you have to hold on to the idea of a longer term peace than what you have now 
then that also like the story of Lazarus and the way we work with that is something that I'm getting a lot softer on right now. Um, I'm probably not going to write any papers on it if I don't have to in the future, but, um, (laughs) but I, I get it in a way, you know, we're thinking, feeling, healing community, but if we're honest, we really are um, more thinking and more healing. And the feeling is where a lot of us get scared sometimes. (laughs) And, um, and yeah. I think that, like, the the way Perry presented this story encouraged me to just, like, give up and feel a little bit, um, even though the term is loaded. Mm. Yeah. Well, you might be talking to a, a pretty emotional um, uh, Enneagram three wing yes. four person. So I, I, you know, I'm very driven, but I cry mm-hmm. a lot, y'all. <laughs> so unlike my <laughs> husband so um you know but it is what it is I uh one of the things I'm gonna rewind a little bit yeah back to where you were you had mentioned um oh how did we get there I know I talked where a lot <laughs> um, yeah resurrection yeah. resurrection so right now connecting it to today and where where my head's been is oh, us in some weird way this is and i don't mean the the terrible consequences of what's happening or any of that but in some tr- way millennials have been trying to change the system right we, we understand it's broken, us as young adults. Um, I don't think this is what we meant, right? But the world is shifting in an incredible way right now. At least, uh, yes, the world. Mm-hmm. We can say the world, That's right? It's, it's global. Yeah. And, and it's incredible to, and, and this is a conversation I've been having with Stephen regularly, is what's it going to be like? in two or three months, you know, I I think about how long it takes to set a healthy habit or set a habit in general. And like, we're in that now, right? We're going to go beyond the, the, the amount of days it takes to Mm. set habits. And in a couple of months and two, you know, they're saying June now, right? Possibly June before we're out of this. where does that leave us? You know, when we can go back outside and Stephen made a comment when we were eating dinner just before the podcast, uh, something along the lines of like, you know, are people, he's like, I don't see people just running back out to hug each other mm-hmm. after this because there's going to be this weird residual fear now. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, back to the resurrection, like we're going to have to, we're going to have to get back to that, right? We're going to have to, it's going to take time. We're going to need some healing. You know, it's, I don't know. It's all of these systems, you know, are broken now. And and what do we do to fix them, right? How do we resurrect these systems into things that work for us? How do we, how do we take the good things that we've gotten out of this terrible situation and continue to bring it and not fall back on maybe some of these, dead Mm. old ways man this is exactly what i needed david (laughs) you're 
you're, you're bringing some really good thoughts to the table. And yeah, it's like, it is kind of um, funny. To, I, my instinct often, uh, as um, you mentioned your Enneagram, I am um, a surprising nine. I'm a nine who acts a lot like a three. And so that means I often want to create some balance. And so in this case, also balancing the tension of what you said with um, there are some of those funny memes on the Internet that are saying things like, oh, my gosh, um, you know, when I get to leave my house, I'm going to be just like Belle greeting everybody at the beginning of Beauty and the Beast and stuff like that. <laughs> and honestly, I, I get it. But you're right that there's fear. Like I thought a lot about generations that have gone before us who lived through the Great Depression and how you know mm-hmm. i i think our our ways won't be the same but we saw how like some of us have grannies who would never throw out tin foil and you know things like that and that mm-hmm. you know we don't know yet what that legacy is going to be like but i love what you say about you know we have to kind of make the choice that we take care of ourselves and we extend grace toward ourselves um which can be another loaded word but i'm kind of obsessed with grace as an idea lately and um and try to make it better yeah. Well, thank you so yes, much for joining me tonight. thanks for having me. I know we had long thoughts, but it was, I hope, productive and fun, and uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and I felt like, hopefully I ended on a more positive note. I feel, I feel like I might have been a little negative tonight, and, and I just want you to all know I, it, it, the news is hard, and, and I hope you are developing some healthy habits because, um, for example one of the things I'm doing at night now is I watch Andy Bashir's press conference and I done what news for the night. Mm. That's, that's my new thing. It's, it's giving me this boundary, but tonight was a hard night with Andy. And at least I took it a little harder than I think I have been. Cause I have checked out of so much of the stuff going on, but you know, I, I'm sorry if that, that colored any of my, my thoughts, but hopefully I ended on a, you know, a if you're not night. happy, that's fine. We are where we are. Yep. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us tonight. I really appreciate you listening in. Um, we will be back next week. Um, I have no idea who's preaching at this point. The, the schedule is off the rails. Um, I think it was supposed to be Jim, but next weekend, y'all, is Palm Sunday. Um, this will be our first uh, virtual Palm Sunday at the church, I believe, in 120-something years of history. Or hundred and so many years. I don't remember how long how our, our church has been around. It's been a while, right? So anyway, we'll, we're going to uh, be there. And I'm supposed to have Phil Collier as my guest. So I need to reach out to him and check in with him and see about that. But um, yeah, just a reminder, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, I can't remember if we're on Stitcher yet. I'm hoping we get on Stitcher soon. Um, but uh, please leave us a voicemail through the anchor.fm app. Um, you can download it and leave a voicemail. I think you can even leave a voicemail if you go to the page online on, in your browser as well. So let me know what you think. Love to hear your comments and uh, let us uh, let us share them on online. So again, one last thanks. Thanks, Aaron, for helping and, Thank and being a part of it today. All right. Bye, everybody.